It's time for the War Drums of Makua, the season of battle. Sponsored by South Pacific Health, Savage Music Studios, and Life Extend Unlimited. Give them books, give them books, and all they do is eat the covers. Means that they ignore the message of the book and are only intrigued by appearances. In Polynesia, the saying is much deeper. Afanao atangata ifafanga iupu. Afanao emanulele usu ifunga alaau. The young of humans are fed with words. The young of birds are fed with the nectar of trees and plants. Polynesian culture is holistic, synergistic. One aspect will influence all others. Our language interacts with war, governing, with the keeping of our history, relationships, and with our faith. Because of that, our mana, which is the basis of our existence, determines the outcome of our lives and what we desire to achieve. The hierarchy of the family has the main responsibility to nurture the young to doing, feeling, knowing, and being Polynesian. Within the village or tribe, it was not unusual to see a neighbor discipline a child that is not their own. Not only within the immediate family was the responsibility to teach the young, but for all within the tribe. The mother dealt with the majority of the responsibility to teach the young the language, dances, songs, chants, genealogy, about mana and the taboo. She is marked with a malu to show her promise of sheltering and protection of her children and the tribe, along with a tatau, which is a visual covenant and story of your family, and you promise the tribe that you will obey the laws, avoid the taboo, and honor your genealogy. That is why a pe'a and a malu are so sacred. To have a tatau means that you are bound by our laws and by family ties. If you have a tatau and are not part of the family that you are marked with, a palangi, you are impersonating that family line and deceiving others. If you engage in the taboo, it means that you dishonor that genealogy that you are marked with, for which people like me is a serious offense. I have been known to approach those palangi that have a mark that represents my family line and ask them, who are you? What is your name? Who is your family? And if you have listened to this podcast, I don't back down. While living in Samoa, I saw a woman who was taken to the center of the village and beaten. Her crime was that her son had disrespected tribal law and embarrassed the family and tribe by engaging in the taboo. Since she was the one responsible for teaching him the traditions that he ignored, the punishment was hers to bear. I asked my grandmother why they punished her when her son was the one that did the crime, and she said, because the woman didn't teach her son our ways, and now she has to be punished for what he did wrong. The makua, or elder, is responsible for passing our traditions and culture to the young. 
It is the primary responsibility of an elder or makua to fafanga i upu, feeding the children with words, teaching them who they are. I was raised in the U.S. and stopped speaking the language when I was young, about the time my father remarried, probably obvious to other Polly's listening to this podcast. In slang terms, my people would call me a coconut, brown on the outside and white on the inside. My grandmother, for as long as she raised me, spoke to me in both English and Samoan. My grandmother was diligent in making sure that I was mindful about who I was and who I belonged to. When I was little, I would engage in the language when I was out in public, and then was told by the Palangi that I was very rude to speak a language that only a few could understand while in public. I went to college. There were a few Polynesian men that were football players that went to that school. I would pass them, and they would speak in my native tongue about this girl or another rude comments because they thought no one would understand them and I would turn around and chastise their comments. I can no longer speak it well, like I did then, but I can read it and understand it quite fluently, thanks to my grandmother who was diligent in feeding me. Through the teachings of both my grandmother and grandfather, I learned to assimilate the culture and the spirit of Polynesia through daily life. When I was younger and raising my children, there was an opportunity after receiving my titles that I represent some of the Polynesians at a U.S. White House initiative. At the time, I did not agree with U.S. policy on the South Pacific, and after an undersecretary had said some pretty rude, insensitive, and racist comments about our people, I refused to go. My grandmother came to my home and proceeded to convey a fono or counsel for my actions. I was placed before her feet. She held my oto oto, which is a staff that is used in matai or chiefly meetings, and began to talk about respect, honor, and service, and began to beat me with the staff, same as the woman who I saw beaten in Samoa. After my beating, she started a Samoan song. The rest of the family and I began to sing the song with her, and suddenly she stopped singing. She looked at my children, who were sitting away from me, and told them to sing the song. My son, Tawali, lowered his head and said, We don't know this song, to which she hit me again. She started another song, and my children did not sing that one either, and I was hit again. In my defense, I had sung those songs to them since they were born. I spoke my language to them since they were born. But like I was, growing up with the majority of another country's influence, the desire for them to learn who they were, to take the feedings of the words, was not there. It did not come till years later. The most important teachings of Polynesia have to do with respect, love, and good relationships with focus all our learning on life, living and breathing mana, the value of our Polynesian heritage, spirituality, and the continual growth into the social structure of life of our tribe. My grandfather was born the son of Maliatoa Maitapia. 
His name was Opapo, Fonotimuana, and changed his name later in life to Fonoimuana. His father was not happy with his decisions to become a healer and a spiritual leader or Taitaifaaleanganga, instead of a king, according to my grandmother. It caused a lot of hard feelings between them, but the call for my grandfather to be a spiritual leader as well as a healer was so strong that it broke family ties. Something that is hard to do among Polynesians because we are so bound by the tatau and blood. Later in life, much later, the two did reconcile their differences. My grandfather spent his life proselyting for his faith and healing the sick. He did not collect anything of value, which is not the custom. If you can heal, the people pay you with what they have or all they have, and that sometimes includes titles to lands. But even after treating them, even sometimes after raising the dead, my grandfather would walk away with nothing. The Polynesians have a custom that when their elders are old, it is the duty of the eldest child to give the parents their firstborn to serve them in their so-called golden years, which is how my grandmother came to live with her grandfather. After the adoption, you call them mother and father respectively. My grandmother was a remarkable woman. She was actually a small woman but had so much tenacity that she appeared large. Her father, as she called him, was a Talmasia, and a very famous one. The islands are full of mysteries and sometimes full of foreboding, and there were times when her father would have to travel between villages during the night to tend to the sick or those having babies. When night falls in the island, you can hear the conch shell blow And that means that wherever you are, whatever village you are in, you are to stay inside for the night until the conch shell blows the next morning. It is like a signal for the releasing of the dead, the demons and the devils, and in the morning the signal that all those things must return to where they came. My grandmother would tell me stories of being a young girl and would travel with her father from village to village and sometimes it would be in the night. She said that she would feel hands grab her legs or ankles, her arms and wrists. She could hear them all around her, so she would hang on to her father as he walked boldly on the path to the villages. She would hear him commanding things, get out of my way, and he would tell her to hold tightly to him. She told me a story once that she had tripped And when she rolled over to get up, something was attempting to strangle her. And her father, using his mana, ordered it away from her. He picked her up, brushed her off, and continued on their way. Nothing would stop this man. My grandmother's job would be to gather the herbs and medicinals that he requested. She would prepare the Vietnam mea, and he would treat the patients. She worked with him side by side and learned much of his ways. She was such a small woman for a Polynesian, but even so, her size didn't keep her from doing incredibly large jobs and developing such strong faith in her mana. 
I remember her telling the family in spiritual meetings about those days, the terror of walking from village to village in dark, and those demons pulling on her, grabbing her. And my aunts would laugh and laugh at her, even though my grandmother had fed them, fed all her children. Some of them succumbed to the influences that I had succumbed to later in life and adopted the covers of the books they had not read about our heritage and traditions. Her sons were ever respectful of her testimony of those days, but my aunts were forever influenced and even welcomed the Fafanga Iwupu of the Paalangi. They gave credence to the feeding of the words of the strangers and had forgotten the Ho'oponopono, the kindness and forgiveness of Alofa or Aloha. When she was 14, her father and mother were old, and because he had spent his life serving the people of Samoa, he had no home. The prince had no castle, and the Samoan follies are heavy buildings, too heavy for an old man and woman to build themselves. My grandfather did not seek the titles he was born to inherit, and so no village would support the building of his home. The posts are large and very heavy. It is the equivalent of a log cabin. It is said that Tangaloa, the god of heaven, invited all the Taufunga from around the island to have a fono, a meeting, in Manua. For days they met discussing the design for the folly and could not decide. Then finally, Tangaloa said, make it dome-shaped like the sky. It takes months to prepare a fali because it is so labor-intensive. Most of the architecture of the fali design comes from the constellation of the stars and the position of the fali is constructed by prevailing winds. There is no concrete, but the foundation is built from back-breaking rocks gathered from the sea. The lashings made from coconut fiber soaked in seawater by the basketfuls, and then thousands and thousands of yards must be finely braided. Wood from heavy breadfruit trees are brought in for the posts, lashing for the roof gathered from climbing countless coconut trees for months. Usually it takes a good part of a village to build a fali, unheard of for a 14-year-old girl to do it by herself. When she was done, she took her father and mother to the place and showed them. Weeping, he said to her, why would you build this for me? And she replied, because I love you. My grandmother had been fed the words of our culture and she was nurtured and grew from it. Her mana was strong and her determination steadfast in her ho'oponopono. The war drums, ever beating, giving us direction on how to go, forward, back, turning left or right, up and down. In everyday life, those drums beat not only for the war against our enemies, but the war we fight daily to nurture us into doing, feeling, knowing, and being Polynesian. When our mana is strong, we feel the rhythm of the words we are fed as youths, and because my grandmother still lives in my heart, because she fed me the words that made me who I am, the war drums of Polynesia still beat 
on. Keep listening for more episodes of The War Drums of Makua, The Season of Battle. Brought to you by SouthPackHealth.com. The wisdom of the past is the health of the future. SavageMusicStudios.com and Life Extend Unlimited. The taste you know, the results you prefer.